2: Every team, every topic, everywhere this is believe. Vikings come out and play. Oh, wait a I see. Let me put some what are you with me now. Up, it. Cousins throws pass now listen to the Believe in Vikings podcast with B-Mac and Baker.
1: This is Believe in Vikings, and it is a five and six edition uh, because the Vikings uh, toppled the Panthers in an absolutely topsy-turvy fashion. Um, This week on the show, of course, we have left tackle Bryant McKinney, formerly of the Minnesota Vikings. What up, big man? What up, everybody? (laughs) How are you tonight?
2: i'm pretty good and even better that we have a win to talk about this week
1: yeah and it didn't feel like we were going to there for a hot minute but uh, <laughs> it definitely did <laughs> oh okay and then also on the show we have a vikings fan a lifer and uh, her name is kalani and she's from prior lake how are you tonight kalani
0: doing good thanks for having me
1: oh absolutely it's a privilege all right, so first we're going to pay homage to our sponsor, um, that is Bet Online. The NFL is in full swing. Uh, you might not be at the game this year, uh, but you can still get in on all of the action on Bet Online. The Vikings are favored this weekend against the lowly Jacksonville Jaguars. So if you would like to put your money where your mouth is, go ahead on over to Bet Online and wager some money. Um, from game spreads and totals to team player and coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than any other place online. And there is always the online casino as well. It never closes. So head on over to betonline.ag today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Again, that's betonline.ag and sign up today. Your Minnesota Vikings kept their playoff aspirations, although dim, uh, they kept them alive against the Panthers. And it didn't feel like that was going to happen after a few crucial, awful moments in the game. Um, It was about as exciting and emotionally... uh, tugging as a game against a four and six and four and seven team can get uh, Jonathan Villman, uh, Vilma one of the announcers even alluded to the fact that it was a playoff game by uh, default because one of the teams was going to pretty much be done for the season and when he said that it kind of felt like it was going to be the Vikings but lo and behold they found a way to win um, on a fabulous drive from Kirk Cousins and then some redemption from Jad Beebe on that drive and lo and behold Uh, The Panthers kicker missed a 54-yard field goal um, on a kick that usually ends Vikings games uh, in the reverse faction than what we would like. We're usually on the other end of that dagger. Uh, So we're going to get into some of that uh, recap, um, and then we will also have Fred Taylor um, on a separate episode this week. He uh, is a pro bowler from the Jacksonville Jaguars. He was drafted in 1998, and he had an illustrious career. So we will talk to him in a separate episode. But uh, for the first part of this, we want to focus on you, Kalani, our our guest. Uh, When and how did you become a fan of the Vikings?
0: Uh, Well, born and raised in Minnesota. We love our Minnesota teams. My parents are from Minnesota. So we've always been big fans of all the teams, but especially the Vikings. So and you know what? What young little girl doesn't like the team in
1: purple, so... Yeah, <laughs> hey, I have that going for me. And I kid you not, <clears throat> my daughter's name is Violet. And her favorite color before she knew anything about football was purple. And it just worked out perfect. She started seeing me wear all this... uh purple stuff because it's inherently going to happen if you're a vikings fan and on top of it all i'm a lebron fan so all of my uh, wardrobe for the lakers is purple and yellow so it was just a match made in heaven for my daughter's fandom uh so that's pretty sweet brian i've never asked you this and i can't believe i haven't because this is a question we ask of all guests uh who did you cheer for when you were growing up for an nfl team
2: I grew up in South Jersey, so the Eagles was the team that I cheered for growing up. Okay. Um, until I got to the league, and then it was like, that went out the window. <laughs> <laughs>
1: well, good for you. <laughs> on a Vikings podcast, we can't, we can't accept that. Um, <laughs> and then you said currently you keep tabs on the ones you played for, right? So that's obviously the Vikings. And then the uh, Ravens. Vikings,
2: Ravens and the Dolphins.
1: Okay, so you would say, you know, if you had to classify your favorite teams, it would be those, huh? It would be more of the Vikings and the Ravens. Okay, fair enough. Right on. All right, Kalani, at, uh, at five and six, which is the Vikings record, we have a narrow shot at the postseason. Um, it's not a crazy scenario where we need to have seven different things happen. We basically need to take care of business, only lose one more game, and then probably get a little help from the Cardinals. Uh, give us your thoughts on this up-and-down season so far.
0: I mean, I feel like as Minnesota fans we are used to up and downs, um, it's obviously more fun when they win it's It's more fun to watch, it's more fun to talk about when they win. Um, you know they they've been able to pull out some wins that are surprising, so it's making this season more interesting to see how that goes but um you know, I, I don't like when it's when it's not based on our outcome. You know, we do have to rely on others to get to that postseason, but hey, you know, we'll we'll skull regardless.
1: Yeah, yeah. Sometimes you just got to uh suck it up and hope for the best in those scenarios. Um looking back at the season for some context, I I have to pound this home and I'll probably do it a couple more times before the season's over. The game against the Packers at Lambeau Field, when we somehow won that game, that absolutely changed everything about this season and about this team. Um, Even I, the eternal optimist for this team, I didn't think they were going to win that, and I didn't really go through any scenarios in my head where they'd come out victorious. But when they won that game, coming out of their bye week, um, it changed the course of the season, I don't know if I'll say forever, but uh, it made everything a little bit better uh, because if they would have lost that they would have dropped to one and six and then your margin for arrow is basically zilch Uh, but they won that and then they won the next two somehow lost to the the Cowboys Um, so I want to pound that home as much as possible that if the Vikings do make the playoffs it will be due to um, their wherewithal coming out of the bye week and you know making adjustments after that atrocious beginning, especially with the Falcons game because it doesn't get any worse from that, especially uh, on a team that's as talented as this Vikings um, is on certain roster spots. Um, more on the uh, Cowboys game, <clears throat> there was a field goal attempt, uh, I believe it was third, maybe the fourth quarter, it was a second field goal attempt by Joey Sly, the Panthers kicker. And When the dude kicked it, I was on my couch and I told my wife, "Sweet, no good, finally." And the refs put their hands up in the air and said it was good. And the NFL doesn't review kicks. Um, I think it's like a matter of interpretation. Um, Bryant, did you think that kick was good?
2: Uh, I was, but when I seen them put their hands up, I assumed that they
1: were right. Well, it, it so. was like it. It went outside the goalpost, but depending on the angle, allegedly it went over it. And it was bizarre. Um, Kalani, did you have any takes on that?
0: You know, I didn't think too much about it at the time until I kind of heard people <laughs> talking about it. Like and me? And I looked at it again, and I was like, okay, maybe it was a little bit closer than I thought. But, I mean, those reps have the best view of it. You would think that they would get that right. right. <laughs> yeah, it,
1: yeah, it was just – if you freeze frame it from the back angle, it certainly was not within the uprights, but – I don't know if you wanted to do some fancy scientific stats. Perhaps it went over the upright, but all right. So maybe I'm just a crazy one that was, uh, you know, too, too homeristic in that moment thinking it was bad. Uh, another thing that I mentioned about five minutes ago that Kirk Cousins was absolutely marvelous in this game. Um, he had one uh, subpar moment, and that was, two, or it was It was a fumble that was returned for a touchdown by rookie safety Jeremy Chen. And that was a regrettable moment for him. And then 10 seconds later, like quite frankly, 10 seconds later, Dalvin cook fumbled and the same dude ran the touchdown back. And that's when it felt like, all right, this is turning into one of those games. And this season is probably kaput. Uh, But they did battle their way back. And it was in large part uh, because of cousins theatrics. Um, We ask every guest on our show Kalani about Kirk cousins. And uh, we ask her opinion of him. So I need to know, what is your temperature on Kirk Cousins?
0: I'm not a Kirk hater by any means. Um, he's the best option we have. I mean, who else are you going to put out there? And he's the best option at the time when we signed him. So, you know, I I, I believe he he can do it. Um, he When he has like an extra second, he makes these perfect passes. So, <laughs> he – he definitely he definitely has it. It's just you know when he's when he's down he's he's down pretty low, but you know I, I i don't hate on Kirk as much as some other people do
1: okay, so but you're not in love with the man's game, but you certainly don't want to run him out of town yeah I guess you could say that. okay, fair enough in that same vein um what about Zimmer and Spielman um are you high on them or basically compare your opinion of Kirk kind of in the middle I is fair. What about Zimmer and Spielman?
0: Um, yeah, I mean, I guess kind of in the middle. I mean, I like that Zimmer has, you know, that defensive mind and, you know, I think his coaching and he's had to make adjustments and that's probably one of the reasons why this season has turned around the second half. So, um, I think Spielman, um, you know, he, I trust he knows what he's doing. I mean, he drafts really well. Mm-hmm. He do well during drafts. And, you know, he always, you know, somehow comes up with something and does <laughs> some sort of magic during the drafts and gets some extra picks. And, you know, there's there's a lot of business behind it, which I don't know too much about, but I, I trust that he does.
1: Yeah. Okay, fair enough. So it sounds like you're content with them and maybe – maybe a, a little high on zimmer compared to to would you if you had to pick for some strange reason between cousins and zimmer it sounds like you'd pick zimmer
0: yeah i guess
1: <laughs> <laughs> well i'm a fan of zimmer um primarily because of what you talked about and that's the defensive approach uh bryant and i have talked for a long time about uh how his version of the Vikings was an offense first production Mm -hmm. and you basically had to score in most games score 25 to 30 points and hope that was enough and usually not 2020 notwithstanding usually it's the other way around for Mike Zimmer all you really have to do is score about 21 points and the defense take care of the rest and um, I don't know if you ever did you play for a true blue defensive coach Bryant?
2: Not that I recall. I mean, we had great players in, like, 2008, 2009, like when Pat Williams on the game. Yeah. Um. So that's when it started balancing out a little bit more. But um, I'm not really sure. I, I feel like offense – the offense, when I was there, was always, like, the main thing. Yeah. And then we were able to put together a good defense, though, I think two, it was 2007, 2008, 2009, 2010, around right those years. And um, – you know, become more of a complete team.
1: Yeah, no doubt. Uh, Kalani Bridgewater almost beat us. Our our pride and joy from 2014, um, it was, I wouldn't say funny, uh, but it was ironic on that final drive when he was going down the field to get them in field goal position, and the last second he spiked it, it looked like he was holding a broken arm on top of it all. Like, you know, it was just a storybook transaction for – him to beat the Vikings. <clears throat> was it strange for you seeing him on the opposite side of the field?
0: It wasn't as strange as when we first saw him in the golden block. <laughs> so I think that was that was stranger than this past game.
1: Yeah. Did were you? Did you really like Teddy, or were you kind of like you are with Kirk? Like he's pretty good.
0: No, I like Teddy. I think. I think
1: a lot of people liked him and what he brought to the team, but, I mean, he got hurt. Yeah. Yeah, on to the next one. Yeah. What about Bryant? In terms of playing former players, is there anything weird, special, unique about that, or is it just business as usual when you're playing against a former teammate?
2: Um, I think when you go against a former team, you want to play at a high level to kind of let them know what they're missing by not having you on that team anymore. So I think there is an extra edge, extra motivation that players have when they come into their former teams.
1: Okay, so you do recognize it.
2: Oh, absolutely. And the players, whether they acknowledge it or not, is is there.
1: Okay, so yeah, so Bridgewater obvi- obviously, it sounds like probably had that in his saddle, and he got as close as you can probably get to sticking it to your former team. Although he wasn't, you know, overly dynamic. Um, all his kicker had to do was hit a long ass field goal, and all would have been hunky dory. But it didn't happen, and we we are therefore a lot happier um, here on this podcast. Uh, Aside from Justin Jefferson Kalani, because that is obvious, uh, which Vikings rookie are you most impressed with from this draft class?
0: You know, I think I'm probably pleasantly surprised with Cleveland. Mm -hmm. I I didn't know what to expect out of that, but I think it's been kind of surprising. So it'll, it'll be good to have him back. Hopefully he comes back this week.
1: Yeah, he is. He he practiced uh, today, and this is right in the middle of the week. And usually, not always, but usually, when they start practicing early in the week, um, it's a good omen that that they'll play. And it's it's the reverse if they don't. Then, especially when you're playing fantasy football and you see your dudes not practicing on uh, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, then you better start to make some contingency plans. But uh, Cleveland should be. Um, perhaps back. And yeah, you start to wonder, even though he was a left tackle at Boise State, um, he's made the transition for a few games now to the guard position, and he's playing that um, admirably. And perhaps that was the plan all along, because um, Spielman and the coaching staff had to know that their uh, prospects at the guard position were not that sexy. And yeah, when he stepped in, um, it looked like the uh, offensive line was starting to click. And uh, Bryant said that for a Unit like that to gel, it takes about six weeks. And then right before that uh, that cutoff, so to speak, uh, Cleveland got hurt, so hopefully when he returns, um, it's more more of the same in terms of that prosperity. All right, from the both of you, uh, I talked about that 10-second 10 sec- 10 stretch when the Safety for the Panthers scored touchdowns by himself and flipped the game on top of its head, 21 to 10. Did both of you I'll start with you, Brian, did you think it was over from that point, or were you still optimistic?
2: I was still a little optimistic, but I felt like, okay, this is not, it's, not going, it's not going well. And I um, <laughs> was just hoping that we could kind of, you know, dig ourselves out of it. But then, honestly, I thought towards the end of the game that it was over.
1: Yeah, there was, uh, especially when B.B. dropped the punt, it was more of the same um, garbage in terms of special teams miscues. Um, and that, that, to me, I, I was certainly pissed when the two defensive touchdowns happened. Um, but when B.B., Fumbled the punt. I was like, okay, well, we weren't destined to win this thing. Uh, what about you, Kalani? Did you did you lose hope, or were you uh, optimistic in that moment?
0: Uh, my stomach definitely dropped, and you know, yelled a <laughs> few curse words at the TV. But you know, the the thing we had going for us at that point is there was still quite a bit of time left of the game. So it's it's just hard. I would imagine it's hard to come back from that and try and get that momentum back, but. Yeah, I mean there were other things that also made me think, all right, this isn't going to happen.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, it wasn't it wasn't just those, but that's what kind of started the avalanche of uh, feces was that it's it's usually when you allow one defensive touchdown that dampens your perspective of winning the football game, let alone two to the same dude in a 10 second span. Um statistically, uh, I dug up the numbers on this. Uh, I think there have been 43 games in NFL history where a team has recovered a fumble for a touchdown um, twice in the same game. And only five times now with the Vikings has a team overcome that. So uh, we join an illustrious club. Uh, I think that was only 7% of the time after surrendering two fumble return touchdowns do you end up winning the game. So we got lucky there. A lot of things went our way and we'll take it. Um, Minnesota probably needs to finish four and one the rest of the way, while the Cardinals finish three and two. Um, or if Tampa somehow collapses, which would entail losing to the Vikings um, in two weeks because they're on a bye week right now, um, then the Vikings would own the tiebreaker over Tampa at least for a, a week. Um, Kalani, do you see this team at this juncture uh, reaching the postseason?
0: I definitely see it more now. I mean, in the beginning of the season, you know, I had to mentally prepare for a long season, but, you know, they they have a shot, but, again, you know, it's going to be up to other teams as well. So they need to do what they need to do, and, you know, hopefully Arizona or Tampa Bay can get some losses.
1: Yeah, we we were gift-wrapped one on Sunday. Um, So when things were going down the drain um, against the Panthers, one of the announcers – did like a little news break and said that the Cardinals had lost to the Patriots and because the Vikings were about to lose, or at least so I thought I just didn't really care in the moment because, Oh, well that means the Panthers are still alive. Uh, you know, lucky them. And then when the Vikings turned it around and won the game, I had to pivot back and, you know, did I actually hear that right? Because, uh, the Cardinals as of last week had to finish season 500 and the Patriots game was not one that most people had them picked to lose. So that one was kind of a a gift and we'll take it. Uh, Brian, do you see the way that they're playing right now and we would need the Cardinals to finish three and two while we went four and one. Do you see the Vikings reaching the postseason, or is that a long shot?
2: It's possible, but you remember I always kind of had like a little optimism about them. You remember Mm -hmm. and chose you not to like really, Abandon the season yet? Because we never know how things will play out. Um, it's just really about right now, just them continuing to win games and allowing these other teams to kind of fall by the wayside.
1: Yep, and that's uh, that's what has to happen. I mean, in theory, we could win out, We'd go five and zero, and that entails beating all the teams we should beat, which are the Lions, Bears, and Jaguars, and then we would have to beat Tampa in Tampa, which will not be easy because they've lost two in a row and they're coming off a bye week. So, you know, good luck. Against Tom Brady with that uh, menu, uh, and then we have to win in New Orleans. And who knows who'll be the quarterback then? And I'm sure New Orleans will have vengeance on their minds for obvious reasons. Uh, but I can tell you right now, if if the Vikings do run the table. You know, somehow, then they will go to the postseason. That's all there is uh, with an expanded playoff format. A ten and six record will get you in, um, but in all likelihood, they'll probably lose at least one, and then they're going to need help from the Cardinals. So, um, to you Vikings listeners, there, keep your eyes on the Cardinals because uh, we need them to lose about two more. Um, Kalani, there, there are a lot of fans, Vikings fans, that really aren't content with a team that goes nine and seven or ten and six gets into the playoffs. Maybe wins one and then gets their ass kicked the next week, or just gets their ass kicked in general. Um, do you think a nine and seven season and maybe a first round playoff loss is that a pointless season? And would you rather have them just finished five and 11 and get a better draft pick? Or do you always want your team to reach the postseason?
0: I always want the team to win. And, you know, you can't practice experience. You would think that, you know, some playoff experience would do good for these younger guys so I'm always rooting for them to win <laughs> yeah.
1: I thought that that was how everybody in the world thought uh but I I kid you not on on Vikings Twitter uh there are some folks that you know saying like yeah this is this is, I knew it was going to happen this way they're going to go nine and seven or eight and eight and it screws up our draft pick and I have tried to explain to them yeah but
2: players don't think like that players aren't thinking about draft picks and, <laughs> and things like that. Players are actually thinking about winning and not coming to the locker room Monday feeling like crap, you know what I'm saying, after just losing the game. So no player is in their mind thinking a year ahead because you know why They may not be here next year. So why yeah. would I be worried about a draft pick for a team where I may not <laughs> return it to? So, no, you're going out there to try to win a game.
1: Yeah, and then, then it gets fascinating because there are teams that make front office moves to – make it appear like they're tanking. Now, maybe they're not, you know, walking around the huddle saying tank, 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 but like the, the dolphins, they sold off pretty much everything last year. And the Jaguars who we play this week have sold off. My goodness, Jalen Ramsey, Yannick and Gonkway, uh, Calais Campbell, Leonard Fournette. Uh, did I say Jalen Ramsey? I think I said him at the beginning. Um, So they are doing like a a secret version of tanking and it's working because they're, they're one in 10. Um, So, okay. So, all right, Kalani, you're one of the good fans in that sense. So I appreciate that. Um, So what you have with what you have seen from cousins um, who's slated to be here through the end of the 2022 season, would you advocate or enjoy a quarterback being drafted in the first three rounds of this next draft, no matter what happens the rest of the way?
0: You know, I mean, if we if we keep winning like how we want to, you know, they're gonna get you know a worse and worse pick. And you know, I don't I don't follow college too much. I, I know there's a few quarterbacks out there, like a handful. Mm-hmm. I don't know if they could get them, and if they can't, you know, there's other needs that we need. So maybe it's not super urgent right now, but it is probably going to be beneficial for a young quarterback to have some Kirk. Side
1: by side. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, so I certainly am not advocating somebody to come in and challenge Kirk for the starting job because um, I believe he is a good quarterback and a top 12 quarterback. Um, The only thing that separates him from a top eight or so are those types of games, Kalani, that you mentioned at the beginning of the show, where when he's off, he is all the way off and it is, you know, putrid. Um, But when he's on, I I kid you not, he's one of the best in the business. Um, So, I don't want them to, you know, go out and draft a pick and then trade cousins or, you know, do something silly like cut him. But I the Packers model is intriguing where you draft a dude for 2 years, let him sit and observe. And then when he's ready, or you know Kirk is ready to move on, then you've got a guy who should be have on-the-job training, I should say. Um, it's just kind of strange because teams really don't do that anymore. They did that all the time when I was a kid. Um, you know, it was mandatory in some circumstances that the the young dude would have to sit and learn. But now it's like if you're drafting a guy in the first. 12, 15 picks, um, he's going to play by at least week four or so. And they almost like, you know, in the J- Chargers' circumstance, like sabotage it, so <laughs> it feels like for the to get their youngster in. Um, Kalani, not all uh, veterans w- that are on this team will be on the 2021 version of the Vikings. Which veteran players do you think will go elsewhere this offseason?
0: You know, I, I think I was... I was surprised that Anthony Harris was back this year. So I mm-hmm. think maybe next year he might not be. Um, I mean, there are other people that they could potentially shop around, which, you know, sometimes I hope they don't. But, um, you know, I was kind of thinking maybe Anthony Harris, just because it was a surprise that, you know, they, they brought him back this year.
1: Yeah, there was some off-season drama with him, not by, not no fault of his own, That, uh, you know, was he going to be back? Was he going to be franchised? He ultimately was. But this Zimmer offense um, has often uh, chugged along just fine without a damn good partner safety to Harrison Smith. Like Andrew Sandejo was the guy for, what, four or five years? And he certainly wasn't uh, a pro bowler, but he was good enough to fit into the Zimmer defense. So it was kind of strange that Harris was brought back uh, but then again, he did lead the league in interceptions last year. Uh, he certainly doesn't this year, but he's not playing poorly. Um, but I do agree that if anybody's going to be on the chopping block, it will probably be him. And I think Kyle Rudolph will be asked to take a smaller contract. Um, he's wonderful. Uh, don't get me wrong, but when you have somebody like Irv Smith who's was drafted to take over, and a so Rudolph is paid handsomely, like a starting tight end, like you know, top six paid tight end in the business. I think he's either going to have to restructure or get the boot. And, uh, you know, that would be an emotional day because he's been with this team for almost a decade. Uh, Bryant, when players are on the last year of their contract, are they cognizant of the sense that, you know, this might be my, my last five games here? Um, or is that just something fans really think about?
2: No, I think the players have an idea. And they normally want to play at a high level to put out some good film mm-hmm. so other teams um, can see it and possibly pick them up for the next offseason.
1: Okay, so it's it's at the front of their minds?
2: Yeah, they're aware of it. Um, you pretty much have an idea if you're in the bubble, so you want to make sure you're putting out some good content.
1: Okay. All right, Kalani, last question before we get your prediction for the game this weekend. Um, if the Vikings do slip into that sixth or seventh playoff seed, um, like we talked about, involves a lot more winning, um, they will most likely play at Green Bay, our favorite place at Seattle, or at New Orleans in the first round. Uh, so it's really a pick your poison type of ordeal. Um, as a matter of, you know, excitement and watching it, or where we think the best spot where we can win is, of those three teams, where would you rather have the Vikings play in a hypothetical wild card game?
0: You know, divisional games always seem like anything could happen.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, I think it hurts a little more when we lose to Green Bay, but. (laughs) Oh, no doubt. (laughs) (laughs) um, You know, at some point, I feel like we need to beat Seattle. We have to beat them at some point. So they're not as scary this year just because of their defense. So I'm kind of leaning towards them. But then, you know, we do have that history. But, you know, a lot of these guys don't have that history. It's just kind of us. So Mm -hmm. um, I think, you know, Seattle might be a decent one. I don't know. I mean, New Orleans, you know, we've had a lot of big wins against them. So yeah, they're going to, they're going to want to beat us.
1: So. Yeah. I think I can't believe that I'm saying this. I think I agree um, because it's unlikely that we beat green Bay at their house. I don't care if there's fans or not. It's unlikely that we beat them twice there. And then like new Orleans, I'm pretty sure that they would say, you know, I'll be goddamned If you're going to beat me three times in the playoffs in four years, no matter who their quarterback is, So as a matter of pride, I wouldn't expect, then again, I didn't expect them to win the playoff game last year, the Vikings, but they did. Uh, So I I certainly wouldn't want to, and that leaves Seattle. And I guess I'm a little optimistic there because Seattle's defense hasn't played great. It's got better over the last two weeks, um, but we are due to win there. Um, And we almost did like a month and a half ago. um, We needed like an inch more from Alexander Madison or a fourth down stop on the Vikings defense. Neither of which happened. Uh, otherwise, we'd have a winning record right now. Uh, Brian, to those three teams at Green Bay, at Seattle, at New Orleans, um, which would you rather see the Vikings play there?
2: I, I agree too with um, Seattle. Um, it's about time to beat them, and it was a very close game the first time. So I feel like it'll be hard to for Seattle to beat uh, the Vikings the second time like that.
1: I thought you, would th- I thought you'd throw out Green Bay because your ass helped beat them, and uh, when Kalani and I were in college. <laughs>
2: Well, no, I, at this point, I feel like Seattle is, it was, it was close this year. I feel like yeah. they'll go back in, the Vikings will go back in with a better mindset of believing they can beat them actually after how close they played them already this season. So I would like to see that.
1: Okay. Fair enough. Uh, For some little bit of context there, the Vikings have never beat Russell Wilson. They are O and seven against him, which is pathetic. And for a little ray of hope, um, The Seattle will come to U.S. Bank Stadium next year. Um, It's already written that way. And if I'm accurate, they should spend the next two or three or four games at our stadium to make up for (laughs) us going there. My God, three, three years in a row. Every primetime game you could imagine is there. All right, Mm -hmm. so Kalani, uh, Brian and I are going to make predictions on our show with uh, Fred Taylor. Um, So we want to get your prediction before we let you go. Uh, This Sunday, 1 p.m. Eastern, Vikings-Jaguars. What is your prediction? I
0: think we pull out a win. Um, As long as they don't kind of play down to their competition. Like like,
1: like the Falcons game? (laughs)
0: Yeah. Uh, hey, if they stop Robinson, you know we got a good shot. So I, I think they do win. Um, I think they will score though a bit. So
1: you got a score for me?
0: Um, it's kind of throwing some out there, but thirty-one seventeen.
1: Thirty-one seventeen. All right, we'll write you down and we'll go from that. <laughs> uh, Bryant, anything else from you tonight? Nothing else at all. Uh,
2: looking forward to come back next week with a uh, positive energy.
1: Yeah, that would be spectacular because that would mean we have a 500 record and that would mean we'd be heading to Tampa with a lot to play for. Um, Anything in closing from you, Kalani? No, I don't think so. No. Well, I appreciate you uh, joining us. Um, I'm going to keep your name handy and maybe you can join us uh, this offseason around draft time or something like that. Um, otherwise, that's all we have for tonight. Um, I appreciate you uh, folks out in Vikings Nation listening to us. So hopefully we'll talk to you at 6 and 6 next week at this time. And Skull Vikings!